السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه سورة إبراهيم The main themes of this surah is uh, matters of Iman specifically prophethood the messages of different prophets to their people and dealing with matters of the day of Qiyamah and finally it closes with uh, dua of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam uh, and a few verses about the day of Qiyamah again and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Ra, this is a book which we have revealed to you, O Muhammad, that you might bring mankind out of darknesses into light by permission of their Lord to the path of the exalted in might, the praiseworthy. This Rasulullah was sent and Quran was sent in order to bring people out from darknesses into light. And so humanity is living in darkness, regardless of uh, worldly understanding and worldly knowledge. When it comes to the purpose of life, they are in darkness. And so the only way out of these darknesses is to follow the messenger and to adopt the teachings of the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, by permission of their Lord. And to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because ultimately it is He who guides people. Allah says Allah to whom belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is on earth and destruction to the disbelievers from a severe punishment and then Allah says that Who are the disbelievers who will end up in this severe punishment? The ones who prefer the worldly life over the hereafter. And avert from the way of Allah. Seeking to make it seem deviant. Those are in extreme error. And so this, Allah opens up the surah by saying that I have sent you and I have revealed the Qur'an to you in order to guide people out of darknesses into light through permission of their Lord. Who is this Lord? Allah, to whom belongs everything that is in the heavens and in the earth. Those who deny this message those who reject this message, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns them of a severe punishment. What is their characteristics? 
The first reason why they deny the message, Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَسْتَحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ They give preference to this worldly life over the next. This is the first reason why. The second reason, they avert people. They themselves don't want akhirah. They enjoy this world. And they want everybody else to just live for this world. And so they, they avert people, meaning they stop people from going on this path. Seeking to make it seem deviant. Meaning this path that is supposed to be the path of guidance and light. They will do what? They will tell people that this is wrong. What is wrong with you? Why, why are you doing this? They don't want people to be on the right path. They want people to be away from the right path. Allah says, Those are in extreme error. Then Allah states, And we did not send any messenger except speaking in the language of his people to state clearly for them. Every messenger came with the language of his of his people, so that they are, they understand. What does this tell you? Language is very important in, language and communication is a very important tool for guidance. Guidance. And so, uh, the messenger comes and he speaks to his people, and so his people understand him. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us he speaks to us in what? In human terms. You know these letters, Alif, Ba, Ta, Ta, Arabic language, is created by Allah. Right? This is not eternal. But the word of Allah is eternal, yes? Quran is eternal. Because it is what? The word of Allah. And so, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done is that He sent us the Quran in a human form. That can be understood by a human being. Yes? And so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he inspires the, the ant, Allah in the language of the ant. When he inspires the bee in the language of the bee. When he speaks to the angels in whatever that is. Right? And so the language is very important. But it is not, it's only a tool. The reason I say this is that often people say, oh brother, I don't understand Arabic and so because of that, I can't understand Quran. That is not true. Mm -hmm. Abu Jahl understood Arabic perfectly, better than you and I. <laughs> Didn't do anything for him. As the people who know Arabic, doesn't change anything in their salah and their concentration in salah. They're still thinking about 101 things in their prayer away from Allah Azza wa Jal. Doesn't matter if you understand Arabic or you don't. Yes, you have that additional, if you focus and you concentrate, then Alhamdulillah, you have that additional tool through which you are going to benefit more. But the reality is, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is not unjust and unfair. 
This is number one. Number two is that this idea that I'm going to learn Arabic and when I learn Arabic, I'm going to have access to primary sources and then I'm going to understand Deen and then I'm going to start to practice. That's a very long time. <laughs> you need six, seven years to master Arabic so that you can pick up the Quran and read anywhere and understand it. Yeah? Oh yeah, you, you still would need tafsir and what have you. But the point is to, to, to become, you know, to speak Arabic fluently and eloquently, you would need, a, you know, six years <laughs> course. So what, 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 what does that mean? You're not going to practice Islam for six years? And so I, I personally think, Allah Alam, I think this is a very simple way of seeing things, but I also think it's a way of shaitan diverting people from the real source. And he does what? You know, shaitan has a way. One is that he wants you kafir. If you can't become, can't make you kafir, he make you do bid'ah. <coughs> if he can't get you to do bid'ah, make you do major sin. If he can't make you to do major sin, get you to do minor sin. If he can't get you to do minor sin, then he starts to switch over the balance. So you see small good as very big good. And very big good are very small good. Ah. I work in a factory, very hard job, and I learn. Mm. And I, I don't know how to read the Quran, but after I read the Quran, Quran is much easier than that job. So you can learn anything. Anything, yes. Quran is made easy. Allah says, I have made Quran easy. But we're not talking about learning Quran. We're talking about people who say, I have to learn and understand Arabic before I can start to spiritually advance. This is wrong. So what we were saying is that shaitan does what? He, he switches over the balance to something that's, you know, it's a good deed, but it's small, you know, one virtue. He make it look like it is amazing. And so you're spending all of your time and effort in that small deed, relatively small deed, in comparison to a huge deed, right? But the huge one will tell you, oh, forget about it. it's okay. This is small. Hey, clear examples of this. Sahabi radiallahu anhu uh, listed himself for jihad. Rasulullah said, look, jihad is a big deed, yes? Rasulullah said, do you have any of your parents alive? He said, yes, my mother. He said, stay and serve her. He didn't think. Like, to him, he's like, what? I do that all the time. <laughs> this is big. I'm going for the sake of Allah. But Rasulullah said, no, you stay. Look after your mother. And so this is an example that a person will, instead of, you know, trying to get closer to Allah by the means and the tools that you already have, Allah is not unjust. And so you don't need anything to strengthen your relationship with Allah You don't need anything, anything from outside. You have all that is required. Yeah. But he'll put you on what? He'll put you on this path and say to you, you have to learn Arabic. And then people spend years and, you know, uh, most people give it up. Most people. 
And so many brothers here, they say, Oh, Imam Sam, why don't you do an Arabic course? I say, I refuse to do an Arabic course. Because when you do that, then you are just strengthening this understanding of people that I need Arabic in order to enter Jannah. You don't need Arabic. Quran is available in all languages. Hadith is available in all languages. Yes? And it's actually very simple. What Allah wants from you is make dhikr, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, offer your salah, eat halal, earn halal, don't harm people. Finish. This is deen. Be just, don't hurt people. Don't take what's not due to you. Hmm. Don't consider yourself better than people. Don't have hatred towards people. Don't be jealous of people. This is, this is deen. And this you can acquire, you know Arabic, you don't know Arabic, it doesn't matter. Hmm. Anyway. A very important uh, verse here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, Remember when your Lord proclaimed, if you are grateful, I will surely increase you in favor. But if you deny, indeed, my punishment is severe. If you're grateful and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the reward is what? Allah will increase whatever blessing He has given you. But if you are ungrateful, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take it away from you. This is the least. And then on top of that, it is possible that Allah will punish you. Because you have not been grateful for the, the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, uh, we need to evaluate and think and contemplate on the many blessings that we have. If, if you do that, then you live a very content life. The problem with us is that we are looking at all of the blessings that we don't have. <laughs> all of the blessings we are waiting for. <coughs> or we are expecting. And so you cannot be content. But you will be content if you do what? If you look at the, you contemplate the blessings that Allah has given you. And you fully understand their greatness. You know, for example, the, the blessing of life. How great is that blessing? You don't know. I don't know. You know who knows? The one who's in the grave now. <laughs> he knows. Do we waste what? Days, hours, months, years <coughs> of our life. Thinking that, oh, this is not important. Yeah. Yeah. Our children say, oh, it's not important. It's okay. They're children. Then when they're studying, it's not important. They just study. When they finish university, and then after that, they're working. Well, it's still not important. They're not married yet. <laughs> then when they're married, it's not, they don't have children yet. We keep telling ourselves, this time of our life is actually not that important. Every moment of your life is important. You just don't realize it. The one who realizes it is the one who has lost it. Go and tell the person who's in the grave now, how important is one second? Imagine one second. One second is subhanallah. Potentially this can save you from the punishment of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. Mm -hmm. 
the reward of your one subhanallah could be what makes your balance of good deeds heavier than your balance of sins one second is one smile one second is one look one loving look or one look of mercy one second is one good intention The gift of life. And then the gift of Iman. You don't realize Iman. We say Alhamdulillah we are Muslim. <laughs> you don't really mean it. Do we truly mean it? You won't realize. You know when you will realize? <coughs> when the people, you know, the, the last people will remain in hellfire with the disbelievers. The last. They've never done any good, but they were believers. And the disbelievers would say to them, look, what, what good were you, Muslim? You ended up same as us, in hellfire. When Allah removes those people from hellfire, they will know the value of Iman. What is that? Everyone will know. When, when death comes, when you question in the grave, everybody, everybody then knows. When they say to you, oh, the angels come and you're getting ready and actually they don't ask you about your job and they don't ask you how much you earned and they don't ask you how much, what legacy you left behind and they don't ask you about, you know, how many children you had and they don't ask you about, no. They say, who is your Lord? Everybody's going, ah. The hadith says, when the kafir is asked, he says, ha ha, la adri. What is ha ha? Ha is what? When a person is confused, you're like, what? What are you asking me? All my life I thought this is important. I realized this. This is important. My Lord, huh? I, d I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is you? Madinuk. What was your way of life? Huh? I don't know. What is this man? Who is this man that was sent among you? You say, huh? I don't know. I heard people say something, so I said what they said. And so the ni'am of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us are great. And so if you take the moment to sit and reflect on the blessings of Allah in your worst day, you will be content. Okay? It can be better. It can always be better. Because life actually, you know, you can't, it, you can't have it complete. Nothing is complete in this world. And so you can never sit with yourself and say, oh, I don't want anything more. That's not true. That's not in this world. In Akhirah, yes. The only way you, will, you could ever get there is that if you build a strong Iman and you say, and you are happy with whatever Allah has given you, and you say, this is the best thing for me. And so you become content. Yeah. Become completely content. Ha Allah, I don't. Whatever you want for me is that is what I want for myself, and I'm happy with that. La in shakartum, Allah says. La in shakartum, la azidannakum. I will most certainly increase my blessings on you. Allah could have said, لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُكُمْ لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ أَزِيدُكُمْ But He said, لَأَزِيدَنَّ 
you know, just if, if, just when you when you hear it, la azidannak, and then there's a ghulna there. <laughs> what does that tell you? There's emphasis. I will most certainly give you more. And the way to be grateful is to utilize whatever blessing Allah gave you in a way that is pleasing to Allah. Yeah, Allah will give you more. This is why Rasulullah said, مَا نَقَصَ مَالٌ مِنْ صَدَقَةٌ When a person gives sadaqah, their wealth does not decrease. You have to be certain that their wealth does not decrease. Rasulullah said it. Listen. Okay, you can tell me, but it doesn't make sense. There was a hundred, he gave ten, there's nine ninety. No, Rasulullah said it's still a hundred. It is, huh? It's more than a hundred. It's, it's more than hundred. Because at the very least, Allah will multiply it by, ten. it will increase it by ten. You know, they say this about, uh, I don't know how authentic this is, but uh, they say that once <coughs> Fatima radiallahu anha was sick. And so she wasn't well. And so Ali radiallahu anhu said, he said to her, what, what would you like? Tell me something you would like. So I think she said pomegranate or something. Rumman. Huh? Pomegranate. So Ali radiallahu anhu went to the market and he bought one. <laughs> Ali was a, you know, Ali and Fatima, very simple life. Anyway, he bought one for his wife. She is sick. And so he's heading home on the way. So somebody comes and says, I am poor, need need, I haven't had food, <laughs> whatever. And so he gives it. He says, there you go. Go away. It's for you. So he comes home, and then somebody, somebody sends some to Rasulullah So Rasulullah sends it with a Sahabi. The Sahabi does what? He keeps one. Rasulullah gives him ten. He keeps one, and takes him nine. When Ali radiallahu anhu receives, when this person comes knocking at the door, <coughs> he says, oh, Rasulullah hasn't sent you this. He says, no, this cannot be for me. <laughs> he says, why? He goes, well, there's only nine here. This should be ten. He said, how do you, how do you know? What, what do you mean this should be ten? He said, yes. He said, I bought one and I gave it. Allah should at the minimum give me ten. <laughs> This is minimum. He said, oh yes, I did keep one. There's ten. <laughs> yeah? And so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will most certainly, most certainly, I will increase. Not I will give it back to you or I will replace it. No, I will increase your, your, your reward or your blessing. And then, وَلَا إِن كَفَرْتُمْ Again, Allah emphasizes that if you are ungrateful, then my punishment is severe. Yeah. That's why we should always be thankful and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further on, He speaks about messengers and how messengers invited their people. We'll read some of this. Allah says, 
that Musa alayhi salam said to his people, has there not reached you the news of those before you, the people of Nuh and Ad and Thamud and those after them? No one knows them but Allah. This is Allah speaking about previous nations. Their messengers brought them clear proofs, but they turned away their hands to their mouths. They turned their hands to their mouths and said, Indeed, in, we disbelieve in that with which you have been sent. And indeed, we are about, with that, about that to which you invite us in disquieting doubt. Okay. What is Allah saying? Messengers brought them guidance. These people turned away from guidance and said that we don't, we don't accept it and we are in doubt about what you are saying. The messenger said, Can there be doubt about Allah, the creator of the heavens and the earth? He invites you that he may forgive you your sins and he delays you for a specific term. Can there be a doubt about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When, when you can see the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created life, can there be doubt that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to recreate and is going to judge? Absolutely not. And so he is inviting you so that he forgives your sins and he delays you for a specific term. قَالُوا إِنْ أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا you are, you are nothing but men like us. Always, the disbelievers, we have said before, disbelievers have the same, same arguments. You are, we are in doubt. Why? Because you are only men. <laughs> and Allah should send messengers that are angels. But what they don't realize is that He is sending angels. <laughs> Jibreel is an angel. <laughs> it is an angel that brings the message to but you don't have the capability or capacity to witness an angel. You can't. Rasulullah Rasul who is, who is, was prepared and geared and uh, physically created to withstand, you know, look at the journey from Mecca to Jerusalem in one night and then ascend into the heavens. And he's not normal physical body like us. This is why they say Rasulullah had the strength of 40. 40 men. The strength of 40 men. He was not like any other human being. He would go days without eating food. And fasting for days, continuously. And he says to Sahaba that, don't copy me because I am different. I have been made in a different way. Aisha says in a hadith, she said that Rasulullah when he would return sometimes from a journey, he would visit all of his wives in one night. And he has nine wives. And so it's not... Uh, but even he only saw Jibreel in, the ex in his actual form two, three occasions. No more than that. One was for him to get certainty about what, who it was that was 
speaking to him. Because when he first, when Jibreel first came, he came in the form of a human being. Yes? He held the Rasulullah and shook him. And then he said, Iqra. We all know, right? He, he went back and you know what? He was afraid. And the, the, the Arabs had this, con they, they believed in, in jinn and you know, spirits and shayateen and all this. They believed in it. And so the first initial thing thought of Rasulullah is what? Is that this is some sort of jinn and I am being possessed or something like that. It's evil, it's a demon. And so as he's running and going home, he does what? He sees Jibreel in his original form, saying to him that, Ya Muhammad, you are the messenger of Allah. So that all doubt is what? Removed. When he goes home and Khadija takes him to Waraqa, he describes Jibreel He doesn't describe the Jibreel that came to him in human form to say to him, Ikhra. No. He describes the one that he saw in the horizon. When he described him, he says, yes, you are, if you are, if your description is true, is right, then you have seen the angel that used to come to Musa. So this is one occasion. And the other occasion, perhaps, when uh, he went Isra and Mi'raj, he saw Jibreel uh, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ نَزْلَةً أُخْرَى عِنْدَ سِدْرَةِ الْمُنْتَهَى That's it. Other than that, Jibreel would come in the form of a human being. And so Allah is saying, even if they were angels, you wouldn't you won't be able to see them. You, you're not made for it. We know the story of Ibrahim when he said to the angel of death, he said, can you show me how you, how you take the life of a believer, a righteous person? When he saw that beauty, he fell unconscious. And then when he saw the, the ugliness of what? How the angel comes for the, 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 to take the life of a disbeliever, he again fell unconscious. So he could not see. And actually, you know the claim, anybody who claims that I am in touch with angels, this is a liar. And nobody has contact with angel. Only Nabi. <coughs> and so whatever they claim, Mullah, Mufti, Sheikh, Raqi, whatever they if they tell you I have contact with angel they're liars because you can only have contact with angel if you are a Nabi Allah sends an angel that does what Re gives you revelation Jibreel did not come to Rasulullah for a while Hazim said, when he eventually came, he said, yeah, my brother Jibreel, what kept you from me? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? He said, come visit me. He said, well, Allah did not permit me to do so. <laughs> I don't come just like this whenever anyone come and say, "Assalamu alaikum, how are you? No, no, it doesn't work like that. Because angels are what? They don't have a will, remember? They only do what Allah tells them to do. So Allah revealed, وَمَا نَتَنَزَّلُ إِلَّا بِأَمْرِ رَبِّكَ That ya Muhammad, we can only come down through what? The command of your Lord. When he says go, we go. And so anyone, and, and there is this, you know, they only seek to confuse people. And if anybody thinks, and if any ever, ever, it happened to you that you felt this, 
spiritual presence and you thought maybe it's an angel, that's shaitan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shaitan. That's shaitan trying to uh, do what? To fool you. Yeah? And so some of these people, sometimes they get fooled by shaitan and then they fool others. I think that you can't. Anyway, where where we? Yeah. So the the kuffar said to their to their messengers, disbelievers, You are only human like us. You are seeking to divert us from what our parents used to worship. Why do they keep saying their parents? Because actually the kafir, he has no logical, real logical uh, explanation for his way of life. <laughs> this, is, this is what my parents used to do. <laughs> this, is what, this is what people do. This is what society does. Okay, so because your parents did it, th does that make it right? There is no, look at what the angels are saying. The angels are saying, is there any doubt about Allah who created the heavens and the earth? So there is what? There is an argument. Why are you worshipping? Because he created. He maintains. He provides. Okay. Why are you, you worshipping idols or whatever it is you are worshipping? When they think, there is no reason. <laughs> so they have to say that. Oh, it's what our parents did. So it must be right. <laughs> So bring us a clear authority. And so the messengers say what? The messengers said to them, We are only men like you. Yes, absolutely. We are only. But Allah confers favor upon whom He wills of His servants. And we. we it has never been for us to bring you evidence except by Allah's permission. Evidence, they mean what? Miracle. Say, show us a miracle. We can't give you, we can't show you. Okay, we'll ask Allah. If Allah permits it, it will happen. Why? Why? Why is, why is that? Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it and said to, okay, Whenever they ask you for anything, just show them, and I will give you the ability to do it. Is that going to be enough for people to believe? No, they're going to say magic. <laughs> they're going to say what? This is magic. We ask you for this, you do it. We ask you for that, you do it. That means it is what? Magic. Miracle is what? We ask you, can you do this? Allah knows. I will ask Allah. If he wants to show you, good. If he doesn't want to show you, it's outside of my control. وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And upon Allah, let the believers rely. And then the messengers would say, Why should we not rely upon Allah while He has guided us to our, our good ways? And we will surely be patient against whatever harm you should cause us. This is what Allah placed in. Patience. Anbiya have patience. Why are they being patient? One is because Allah placed rahmah in them. But more importantly, they realize that these people are heading for eternal doom. 
And so if I have to sacrifice some of my comfort and take some pain for them to be saved, it will be good. And so Allah has you know, the rahmah for us, greater than the messenger has. Mercy. More than your parents. Look at this Jewish boy that used to serve Rasulullah. Rahmah. Rasulullah did not say, oh, he's a young child, he's not, he's a child, you know. He's a, if he dies, he goes to Jannah anyway. That is the case, right? A child that dies, they go to Jannah, they become, you know, the servants of the people of paradise. They stay as children, but they go to Jannah. Because they are what? They're, they they're don't have the intellect yet to understand. It's not, their intellect is not complete yet for them to differentiate between good and evil, between disbelief and belief, between... Any kid. Hmm. Any child. Rasulullah said, every child is born on fitrah. Anyway, when Rasulullah finds out, he goes and he says, what? Child say, la ilaha illallah. His father is present. He looks at his father. His father says to him, obey Abu Qasim. Why? Because this is, he has, he will do what? He has more mercy towards you than I have. So if he tells you to believe, then believe. And this is a Jewish person who understood this. And so he said, he said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and died. Rasulullah came out happy. He said, Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah who has saved this boy through me. Saved him from, from hellfire. And so we will be patient. What can we do? We're going to invite you and we will be patient. Why? Because uh, we can't compel you. If you don't want to accept, you don't accept. We can't force you. And so this idea that Islam was spread by the sun, this is a lie. You can't spread. Because if you force, you are not creating Muslim, you're creating Munafiq. <laughs> this is what you're creating. If you go around with a sword and say, you, either you believe or I kill you. Okay, I believe. You're going to have, <laughs> everybody is going to believe. But you have what? This Munafiqin. You don't have true believers. And Islam is not seeking to make everybody one. Allah says, if he wanted, he would have made you all one. That's not the idea. Islam is seeking to protect people from punishment of hellfire. And so what happens is that in the face of this... So the, the Anbiya, first like Allah said, Allah gives them... You know, Anbiya are, are gifted with very high intellect. Very high qualities, characteristics, akhlaq. And then eloquence and beauty. Right? And so they come, and they come with just the best. And they invite to Allah. With the, the good character and eloquence and intelligence. and They invite. 
the disbelievers, what do they do? They threaten. Why? Because they <laughs> this is what happened to Fir'aun, right? He, he tried to make a, you know, okay, let's have a debate with Musa. When Musa came, Fir'aun said what? Okay, let's, let's have a conversation. Okay. Fir'aun said, وَمَا رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ This person, this God you are calling to the worship of, the Lord of the universes. Who is this? قَالَ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Logical arguments. The, the Creator, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And everything in between. قَالَ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ If you want to believe. He says what? He doesn't have a counter argument. So he says what? He says, he says to the people around him, he says, do you hear that? He's saying that he's calling us to the worship of the creator of the heavens and the earth. So Musa alayhi salam, a second argument. He is the Lord of the east and the west and everything in between if you can if you have intelligence and you can think for yourself and so he's lord of this and he's lord of that not only lord of this heavens and the earth everything in between and then okay you might not be able to see the uh, everything in between there you know what is between the uh, uh, what's it called the, the east and the west where the sun rises and where the sun sets. That, that is within your world. All of that belongs to Allah. He's left nothing for Fir'aun. <laughs> because Fir'aun said, Aina Rabbukum al-A'la. I am your Lord. The greatest. Lord of what? Musa said, Allah owns everything. <laughs> East, West, all to Allah. Belongs to Allah. So he says, the messenger that has been sent to you is what? Majnoon. He's mad. Because again, he can't. He can't counter the argument. Musa says, I don't know if, if I'm saying the, the right order. Yeah. The right order. Uh, is your Lord and the Lord of your forefathers. Meaning you like it or you don't. He is your Lord. The option that you have is whether you want to accept or not. <laughs> he is your Lord. What does Fir'aun do? Now he, when he can't argue, he does what? He threatens. This is a tyrant. <laughs> you can't, you can't debate with him. It's my way. If you don't like my way, then he says, if you take another Lord other than me, then I'm going to put you in prison. I don't care about your logic. I don't care about your arguments. I don't care about <laughs> anything. I am your Lord. That's it. You have to accept it. <laughs> Dictator. You don't accept that, I'll put you in prison. This is what the same thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Look. 
the disbelievers say to their people that we will drive you out from our land. We will cast you out. Or you worship the same as us. Threat. فَأَوْحَى إِلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ لَنُهْلِكَ الظَّالِمِينَ Allah sends revelation to the messengers that don't worry about this threat. Nobody wants to be driven out. You know, you get driven out from... We were not driven out. We left our home. <laughs> we were hungry and left. So we went to look for food somewhere else. Rizq somewhere else. But being driven out, it's not... Uh, for your faith or your belief. And you're driven out by whom? Your own people. Very difficult. This is why Allah Taala says that, you know, those who made hijrah and those who came after are not the same. Can't be the same. The one who left his home, his land, everything that he knows, he's left it for the sake of Allah. It's not like the one who... Anyway, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, don't pay attention to their threats. I'm going to destroy the wrongdoers. We will surely, uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we will surely destroy the wrongdoers and we will surely cause you to dwell in the land after them. That is for he who fears my position and fears my threat. Allah said. Did it not happen? Allah says, كَذَلِكَ وَأَوْرَثْنَاهَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ فَأَخْرَجْنَاهُمْ مِنْ جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونٍ وَزُرُوعٍ وَمَقَامٍ كَرِيمٍ وَكُنُوزٍ وَمَقَامٍ كَرِيمٍ Allah says, I brought Fir'aun out from what? He came chasing after Bani Israel. He came out from what? جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونٍ Gardens and rivers. وَكُنُوزٍ and treasures. وَزُرُوعٍ and crops. He came chasing after them. Why? Because Allah wanted to destroy him. And then he says, كَذَلِكَ وَأَوْرَثْنَاهَا قَوْمًا آخَرًا And then we gave it to somebody else. We gave it to Bani Israel. وَلَنُسْكِرَنَّكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ Allah says, that I will destroy the wrongdoers. You just remain steadfast. I will destroy the wrongdoers. And then I will give you what I gave them. Did it happen? Yes. It did. All... Not only Nuh alayhi salam, same thing happened. Allah destroyed everyone. Who's left? Only Nuh alayhi salam and his people. That's it. Rasulullah it happened. He was driven out of Mecca. He left fearing for his life. At night, he had to leave. Fearing for his life. But what happened to uh, how many years? Before Fath Mecca? Less than 10 years. He comes back and conquers Mecca and destroys, you know, that's it. Yeah, battle is all destroyed. 365, all broken in one day, the idols around Kaaba. And so Allah says, and, and this promise still stands today. Stands today. It, it stood with Sahaba. The Roman Empire or Byzantine, Persian Empire. Anyone who sought to do what? To become 
to, 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 to block or to stop the message of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed them. Sahaba who were Bedouins became what? <laughs> Walking around in, uh, and taking ownership of what? The palaces of Kisra and Heraqal. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And they requested decision and disappointed was their obstinate tyrant was every obstinate tyrant that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to give you know when 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 truth and falsehood are f fighting one another Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always give victory to truth as long as truth the people of truth are actually holding on to this truth Anyway, so the, the tyrant, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the tyrant loses in this world. Look, it happened with Fir'aun, right? They lose in this world. The tyrant loses in this world. But it's not the end. Allah says, before him is hell. Before him is hell. And he will be given a drink of Sadid. Zakum is the food. Ma in Sadid. P U R U L E N T. I can't even pronounce this word. Help. Purulent. What, what, what does it mean? Yes, yes. But what does what the actual word mean? Yeah. Water that has bad smell. Let's let's look. Pure land. I should have done this. Consti um, consisting of or containing or discharging pus. There you go. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is their drink. Allah says that the tyrant will gulp it but will hardly be able to swallow it and then listen to this warning death will come to him from everywhere but he is not to die so in this punishment of hellfire this is why allah says that he is neither living nor dying it cannot be called the life because you are on the brink of death. But at the same time, you do not die and rest. And before him is a massive punishment. Further on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they will all come out for judgment before Allah all together and the weak will say to those who were arrogant indeed we were your followers so can you avail us anything against the punishment of Allah 
So the followers will say to the what? To the leaders. That can you help us? Because we were following you. We did in the world. We did everything you asked of us. So now can you help us against the punishment of Allah? They will say, if Allah had guided us, we would have guided you. It is all the same for us, whether we show intolerance or are patient. There is for us no place of escape. So the leaders, they say what? They say, it's not our fault that we were misguided and you followed us. And so you were misguided. If we had been guided and you followed us, then you would have been guided. You chose to follow us. We can't help you. And then shaitan will say, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ And shaitan will say when the matter has been concluded. When everything, everyone goes to hellfire and everyone goes to paradise, shaitan will stand and he will make a sermon. Satan will say when the matter has been concluded, indeed Allah had promised you the promise of truth. And I promised you, but I betrayed you. And I had no authority over you, except that I invited you and you responded to me. So do not blame me, but blame yourselves. I cannot be called to your aid, nor can you be called to my aid. Indeed, I deny your association of me with Allah before. إِنِّي كَفَرْتُ بِمَا أَشْرَكْتُمُونِ مِنْ قَبْلِ He says that I deny your association associating me with Allah. Now, uh, people don't associate shaitan with Allah. Is there anybody who... Do you know anyone who associates shaitan with Allah? Huh? Is there anyone who worships shaitan and Allah at the same time? And so what does he mean by you've made shirk and you've made shirk, you used me to make shirk. People who worship idols with Allah, people who worship Isa with Allah, they worship people with Allah, not worship shaitan with Allah. Okay, you have shaitan worshippers, they're like. So what does it mean? Obedience is only to Allah. When you obey other than Allah, you're making shirk. You're associating that person with Allah. Because only obedience is only to Allah on his own. So if you obey somebody else, you're associating that somebody else to Allah. So if you obey your wife, Allah says to you, do this. And you do the opposite. Why? Because your wife said, that this is shirk. Because my husband said, this is shirk. Because my child said, this is shirk. Because of money, this is shirk. Whatever the reason, obedience is only to Allah. What you did is you obeyed me. I invited you and you listened to me. You shouldn't have done that. So you associated me because obedience is only to Allah. And that is worship that you do as you're told. 
as you are asked. Mm. Yes. So, uh, Indeed, for the wrongdoers is a painful punishment. And so shaitan is what? He himself. And these are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not, does not lie. Doesn't make things up. And so imagine the feeling of these people. وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا Khadula is the person who gives you up in your time of need. When you need him, you were relying all your life. You're saying, yeah, yeah, inshallah, when I get old, my son is going to look after me. MashaAllah, very good. <laughs> and then you get older. He says, what? <laughs> this is khadula. Khadal. To give you up when you need him. Okay. When you need him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, If Allah helps you, there is none that can overpower. If he gives you up in your time of need, who can help you? So, shaitan is khadula. This is the meaning. Khadula. And the day of Qiyamah, you say, Sorry, don't put it on me. I had nothing to do with it. I invited you. You listened to me. Allah promised you. You should have listened to Allah. And so I can't help you. And I will not take your punishment away. And those who believed and did righteous deeds will be admitted to gardens beneath which rivers flow, abiding eternally therein by permission of their Lord. And their greeting therein will be salam, will be peace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Have you not considered how Allah presents an example? A good word like a good tree, whose roots is firmly fixed and its branches high in the sky. It produces its fruits all the time by permission of its Lord. And Allah presents examples for the people that perhaps they will be reminded. And the example of a bad word is like a bad tree uprooted from the surface of the earth not having any stability Allah says he gives an example of what two words one is the word of Iman La ilaha illallah some say that Kalimatan Tayyibah here is what the Kalima La ilaha illallah it is like a good tree good word like a good tree its roots are firm in the ground and so when Iman is firm in the heart, it does what? Gives fruit. Right? Gives fruit. And so the fruit are what? The good deeds. Because of the Iman that is firm in. What is the, the, the example of a bad word is what? An uprooted tree. It's not connected. <laughs> it's a tree, but it's uh, uprooted. And so what happens is you can't expect any fruit from that tree. Don't expect anything good from the one who, who is a disbeliever in Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, which is a very important verse, 
يثبت الله الذين آمنوا بالقول الثابت في الحياة الدنيا وفي الآخرة ويدل الله الظالمين ويفعل الله ما يشاء الله keeps firm those who believe with the firm word in worldly life and in the hereafter Allah says Allah will make you firm this is why we ask Allah to make us firm at the time of our death you know the time of death is not it's not easy it's a time um, one is the pain of it understandable the pain is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that asabatkum musibatul maut and it is a death is a calamity and it is painful if Rasulullah had a painful death then <laughs> painful experience Aisha said after I witnessed Rasulullah and the pangs of death had you know I'm not impressed by anyone who dies without any pain because I don't think a person can actually die without any die without pain. So there is pain. But there is confusion. Because now the last moments of your life, the veil is removed. You're confused. You're going from this world to the next. You're seeing things that you have never seen before. And so in that moment of confusion, you need what? You need to be firm. Allah makes you firm. Not only that, shaitan comes and he's working very hard. According to, yeah, they say that shaitan comes and in the appearance of your parents or you know, a good friend of yours or somebody that you loved or whatever that passed away. And he's trying to confuse you. Last moments, he's there, he's working. Why? Because he wants you to die as a kafir and go for to hellfire eternally. And so you're going to be what? You're seeing things you've never seen. You're in pain. A pain that you could never <laughs> imagine. It's not a physical pain. It's partly physical, but also at the same time it's what spiritual because it's the soul being snatched away from the body. And then you've got shaitan working and he's saying, yeah, yeah, you do this, become kafir, become Christian, become Jewish. So you're confused. Allah makes you firm. How does Allah make you firm? This is known only to Allah. Allah. Some say that Allah sends angels. And these angels do what? Their specific task is to push away shaitan. Keep him at bay. And they say what? You are what? You are about to leave and you are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So die with Iman and Islam. So he says, La ilaha illallah. And then dies. This is one possibility. Oh, that Allah inspires you. He can inspire you in your, in your heart. How do you find, you see people that, you hear stories of people, you know, accident or what have you, and they're in blood and pain and they're reciting Quran. Right? And if they can't say anything, some people just with their finger. This is all what? It's not the doing of a human being. It's what Allah making a person firm and steadfast. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah keeps firm those who believe with the firm word in this worldly life and in the hereafter. And Allah sends astray the wrongdoers. If you are wrongdoing, then don't expect Allah is going to. Allah will not uh, help you at your time of need.
and Allah does what He wills. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us firm, inshallah, at the time of our death and to leave this world with this kalima, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, subhanAllah.